Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the house of the Lord. It's a joy and privilege to be here to speak to all of us here as a family. And it's truly a, bless a blessing, really. How many of you can testify with me that God has been good? Yeah, this year has been an amazing year. It's already November. We're entering into the second last month of the year. But I believe and I, and I know some of your stories as well. God has really been very good in all our lives, in what you have gone through. And yet He has been faithful to see you through every season and every, uh, every portion of your life that you have had to go through. Amen? Amen? You know, there's a saying that goes, Your worship is a direct reflection of the revelation of God in your life. Your worship is a direct reflection of the revelation of God in your life. So if you understand who God is in your life, what He has been through, what you have been through with Him, how He has caused you to overcome in your circumstances, how great is He, how marvelous He is, how amazing He has, has been and powerfully strengthening you through the season into your life, your worship will be a direct reflection of that knowledge of God. So now I want to ask you again, how many of you know that God is good? How many of you can, can testify with me and say that God is good? Amen. Come on, if you believe that, you all your heart, stand up to your feet. Let's begin to worship the Lord this morning. Oh, How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. How great, and how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God. And all will see how.
as we read the portion of scripture for today because today I want us to recognize and know that there is power in worship there is power in the words that you sing that there shouldn't be a disconnect when you sing those songs every week when you come in here there should not be a disconnect because if there's a revelation of God in your life whatever you sing will come forth from your spirit and I believe that even as we go through life's challenges, which we all go through challenges, how many of you have n- has never been through a, a trying moment in your life? Could you please raise your hands to the Lord? Praise the Lord. All hands are down. Because we are going through what we are. We have the Spirit of God in us, but yet we are living in the natural world. And when, we, when that happens, there's always a conflict in our spirit with the natural world as well. So there's always challenges. There's always battles that we have to go through. That's why I'm wearing an army jacket today. The Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. I have fought the good fight. I have fought, I have finished the race. It's always talking about a fight that every day we are going through challenges. But today, let there be a breakthrough in our spirit. That even as you go through the challenges that you face, as you go through whatever problems, whatever circumstances it will be, even when the circumstances in the natural, you don't see that breakthrough happening, there will be a breakthrough in your spirit. And tonight, this morning, this is what I want to share with you. I want you to take hold of these tools and know that there is power in worship and that breakthrough can happen within your spirit even right here and right now. Amen? Let's turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 to 19. 2 Chronicles verse 20, chapter 20, verse 1 to 19. And we'll read this together. 1, 2, 3. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites with some of the Meonites to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in Hazazon Tamar, that is En Gedai. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord in front of the new courtyard and said, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. Our God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people, Israel, and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. They have lived in it and have built in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, whether the sword of judgment or plague or famine, we will stand in the presence before this temple that bears your name and will cry out to you in our distress, and you will hear us and save us. 
But now, here are men from Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are now repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite and descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. And he said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. He give to you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them for tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel with a very loud voice. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. We thank you for your assurance. We pray that God, your word will take seed on fertile ground. We pray, Father, that you will speak to us and help us, oh God, to know that there is power in our praise and there is that victory at hand even in our spirit, oh God, even before we see that natural victory taking place. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus and all God's people say, Amen, Amen. You may be seated for a while. Praise God. As I mentioned to you, I said that all of us go through battles. We all go through different seasons in our lives, different challenges in our lives. Many of us fight, are going through battles unseen. You and I just look good on the outside. We come to church all dressed up. We comb our hairs. We put perfume and cologne. But really, we've had a stinking week stinking season nobody knows nobody understands someone asked me someone said Ayo, Pastor Gwen you know your messages are very tiring because it's always about fighting it's always about war but that's what the Christian faith is all about it's about being on guard it's about knowing that as we go through life as we go through the different challenges in our lives it's almost like a, a battle that Every day we have to go through, whether it's a battle of the mind, battle of our emotions, battle spiritually. It's a battle that we go through all the time as we live in the, in the, in the natural world. But today I want to give us a few pointers as we translate these scriptures into how we can use worship 
to overcome some of these battles that you and I are going through. Even before in the natural you see it happening, something in the supernatural has to take place. That breakthrough in the supernatural has to take place before you see the victory at hand, even in the natural. So today, even as we've read this portion of Scripture, this first portion of Scripture, we are always very familiar. We usually start reading it from verse 16, 17, all the way into 20-something because it talks about how the battle belongs to the Lord. That's how we know that song, right? The battle belongs to the Lord. That's how we've, we've sung that song. We've, we've declared it over our lives. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. And how the Israelites... Then after hearing the word of the Lord, they went and they realized they really didn't have to fight this battle. All they did was send the Levites before them. They sang praises and the Lord set up ambushes. Correct? Correct? This is the portion of scripture we always read about. Battle belongs to the Lord. But the portion of scripture we just read earlier talks about there was a fight before the fight. There was a fight before the actual fight. That there was something that was going on in their spirit in the whole tribe of Judah before they actually went out to the war zone. And something has to happen in our lives to take hold of, of the circumstances that are going on in our lives to know that you need to have that victory even before you face whatever you need to face in the natural. And today I want to share with you these few things. Firstly, the fight before the fight. What does it require? What does it take for us to win those battles? Firstly, it requires unity. It requires unity. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 4 to 5. In verse 13, it says, They were one voice in worship, one voice in seeking the face of the Lord. Jehoshaphat was afraid. Okay, let's read from verse 3. Verse 3, in fact, it says, Jehoshaphat was afraid. Here, this version says, Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. In NKJV, it says, Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord. This is Jehoshaphat. You must understand King Jehoshaphat was a powerful king. He was a king that feared the Lord and the Lord had helped him to win many, many, many battles. The tribe of Judah is a strong tribe. They had many mighty men, fighting men who could go to war and win the war. But yet the Bible says Jehoshaphat was afraid. How many of you know that when we go through seasons in our lives, sometimes things can cause us to be afraid still. No matter how experienced you think you are, no matter how prepared you think you are, there could come points in our lives where the news that comes to you causes you to be afraid. Perhaps it's at the doctor's office. And he gives you that report and tells you what's going on. Perhaps it's going into the office and you hear rumours amongst your friends, your colleagues, they say that the company is downsizing. They're shutting down our entire department. You'd get a dreaded phone call. Your son, your daughter was in an accident. Jehoshaphat was afraid. But he didn't let that paralyze him. He inquired of the Lord and he gathered the people together. There is power in corporate worship. 
There is power when the people of God come together to seek the face of the Lord. There is power when we come together as a cell group, as we worship the Lord together. There is power and there is a release in anointing when the people of God come together. And I believe that with all my heart. That's why there is a place for corporate worship. Yes, now it's so easily available. You can watch on YouTube or you can watch on FB Live services that are going on in other churches. They're going on right at the comfort of your own bed. But friends, can I say this? There is a release of anointing as the corporate body comes together. Jehoshaphat could have told his messenger, go and tell everybody, please pray on their own and seek the face of the Lord. But what he, but that wasn't the case. He actually got everybody to come. Let's gather together. Let's speak, seek the face of the Lord together. And there is a place, truly, the Bible says, you know, oh, how good it is when brethren dwell together in unity. For there the Lord commands a blessing life forevermore. There is something that happens when we come together in corporate worship. That's why church time is a great time. Amen? Amen! It's not just, amen, I like you. <laughs> amen! It's not just about coming together and doing your duty for the weekend. Because you know why? Your worship, as you sing, you may not be going through an issue. Right at this point of time but as you worship and as you sing praises as you abandon to that praise somebody else could be affected somebody else could feel that wow you know this person's faith in worship and the way they are expressing themselves is just so amazing you know God give me that faith as well something breaks forth in the spiritual realm when we come together to worship that's why don't be late to church We're quiet now. <laughs> Don't be late to church. Because service starts brought from the onset of prayer, right from the onset of the worship songs and, you know, into the Word of God. It's not just the Word of God. Every part of it, this is part of the, the congregation coming together for that release of anointing, that corporate anointing that is important. Amen? Amen? Can you nudge your neighbour and say, come to church on time, huh? <laughs> Come to church on time, huh? I remember some years back when I was still a youth minister, very early in ministry, and uh, I was going through some things as well in my in my own life and in challenges. And you know, as a youth minister, we had to visit all the cells, the youth cells that are going on. So I was, I I really didn't feel like coming. I really didn't feel like going and visiting a cell. Once you're so down, how many of you know ministers can be down as well? Oh, praise God. Okay, five people know. The others all think that we're all so clever. No, no, no. We, we all go through challenging moments, yeah. So there was this moment I'm like, ah, do I really have to go, this, to, go to this cell and, and encourage them, you know, and like, oh, kumbaya with them. Yeah, you know, wow, Jason, you did a good job leading the cell. And I'm like, oh, okay, I don't really feel like it at all. But I... I I went to the cell. I remember it was a cell held in Brother Hoffi's house, led by her the daughter who was only 14 or 15 years old at that time. All these cute little secondary school students coming together. And they were singing worship songs unto the Lord. They can't even sing the right key, play in the right tune, or play whatever. La. Yeah, pretty much something like that. You know, they not so bad, la, not like this. Hey, your sister's cell, you know this one. <laughs> Yeah. So they were singing and, 
And I remember such a powerful anointing that was released. Even as these young ones, 13, 14, 15 years old, were worshipping the Lord, I felt a breakthrough in my spirit. Because there is power when the people of God come together. There is power in worship. There is power in the, in the songs that we sing that releases and breaks every yoke and every chain that is, that is causing us to feel down and depressed. So no matter how, sometimes you may feel like, oh, I don't feel like coming to church. I can just watch from the home come to church because there is a release of the anointing of God even through corporate worship and if, as, even as we listen to the word of God together there is a release in God's power and anointing over our lives Amen? Amen! Yeah! Amen Secondly it requires faith it requires faith reflective worship Chronicles chapter 20 verse 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 6 to 12 is all about how Jehoshaphat was, was praying to the Lord. If you read the scripture, it says here, verse 6 onwards, O Lord, God, Lord, the God of our ancestors, you are not the God who, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of power and might are in your hand and no one can withstand you. You know, everything that Jehoshaphat is saying here almost sounds like he's reminding God of how great he is. Doesn't it sound like that? It sounds like, God, you remember uh, you were the one who brought us out. Uh, you remember you are more powerful. Uh, God, you remember not that, that you, you rule over all the kingdoms and all the nations. It's almost sounding like that in that scripture. But the truth of the matter is, does God really need us to remind Him of how great He is? Hello? Does God need to be reminded of how great He is? The people at the balcony. Does God need to be reminded of how great He is? He doesn't need to be reminded. But the what? But you know what? You and I need to be reminded of how great He is. The reason why Jehoshaphat was saying what he was saying, it was not so much to remind God, God, you did this, 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 and you promised us this. Is. It's to remind Himself. And it's to remind the congregation, the entire tribe of Judah, this is the same God. This is the same God that has brought us out. This is the same God that has, that has power over every nation. That's the same God that is with us even till today. When we sing songs of worship, when we sing songs of how great He is, it's not about just telling Him, yes, we are exalting Him, we are, we are, we are saying that, you know, you, you, you are, you know, it's, our eyes are focused on a great and mighty God. But it's for us to take hold of that knowledge and take hold of that truth in our lives. Do you really know how great your God is? He is a great God. That is reflective worship. A time when we sing of His greatness, of His goodness, of His faithfulness over our lives. And that builds faith. The same God that has brought me through my A, B, C, D, E, F, G is the same God that is going to bring me through my H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, right to Z. That's what it does. Worship, that's what it does. That's what the songs that we sing, sing of that greatness of God. And that's why we need to engage in that worship. That's why we need to sing with all our hearts because it's reminding us of the faithfulness of God over our lives. And the second reflection here is also about how Jehoshaphat talks about how in, insignificant or, or how inadequate he was. In verse 12, in verse 12, it says, O God, Will you not execute judgment? 
sorry, this verse, this version says, Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. For we have no power. He recognizes that. No power. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. It's in that worship of saying, God, I'm desperate for you. God, I, I really, you know, I'm so weak. I'm so broken. I need you in my life. My eyes are on you. So there will be moments where the worship team sings songs that are a bit more reflective. Reflective of our own inadequacies. Reflective of our own weaknesses. And I know sometimes a lot of us say, Are you nowadays the songs are huh? very worthy, oh. it's all about ourselves, one, you know, so introspective. One. There is a place for that. Because it's in recognizing that how frail we are and how unable we are to conquer our lives, conquer our problems, conquer our circumstances. But yet at the end of the day, there is a balance of turning our eyes upon the Lord. That ultimately He is the solution. Ultimately, He is all that we, He is our all in all. Amen. Amen. I know some of us are thinking, oh, you know, wish we can sing more hymns, like close our eyes, so we can sing those type of songs, you know. Amazing okay, grace. yes, that's right, those type of songs. How sweet the sound that saved the wretch There is a place for different types of songs for different seasons. If not, the Lord will not inspire different worship leaders to write songs today. So there are songs for different seasons, there are songs and there must be a balance in recognising our frailty but also at the end of the day, like how Jehoshaphat was, we do not know what to do but our eyes are focused on you. Turn it around. Turn it around from the self-focus to focus on the Almighty God that is able to overcome every challenge, every trial, every mountain, and every storm. Amen? I don't know what some of us are going through. And sometimes we've been overwhelmed by the things that we're going through that we see ourselves like grasshoppers in that situation. But God says, He's with you. And as you reflect on His goodness and His faithfulness in your life, may you see that He wants to give you that victory even before you actually see it in the physical. It happens in your spirit. Even as the worship team leads us in this next song, I want us to really be reflective and be asking the Lord, God, I look to you, I look to you and you alone. Help my eyes to be focused on you. 
not on the circumstance, not on my own human frailty. But like Jehoshaphat, I do not know what to do, but I turn my eyes on you. God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. God, I look to you. You're where my help comes from. Give me wisdom. You know just what to do. And I will love you, Lord, my strength. And I will love you, Lord, my shield. And I the time to be begin to worship the Lord participate in it and begin to reflect give me vision to see things like you do God I look to you you're where my help comes from give me wisdom you know just what to do I will love you Lord same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And we look to you and you alone. 
We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that even as we worship you, we are reminded of how great and how powerful you are. And you will see us through whatever we go through now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. So let there not be a disconnect you know, when we sing those worship songs. It is to remind us of how great He is, how frail we are, how much we need Him in our lives. Amen. Thirdly, what is required for this fight before the fight? It requires obedience. Sacrifice of praise. And obedience, sacrifice of praise. It's very interesting because in this verse 14 to verse 17, it talks about this. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, and so on, so on. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. Verse, 15, verse 17, it says this. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your position, stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord. The Lord will give to, Ju to you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. Now it's very, very interesting. Why I say that, it's because you must understand, as I've mentioned from the onset here, Jehoshaphat was a king that was mighty, was a king that was, was strategic in war. He has won many battles before this. In Numbers, it says their mighty men were so vast, so great. He had, he had the whole, you know, he had his army, he had his battalion, that they were ready, they could draw the sword and go against this vast army. But now, what does the Lord instruct him? You do not have to fight this battle. The battle is not yours, but it's God's. Now, in all our minds, in our understanding, when you know and you have overcome certain things in your life, you know how to overcome it. You see a challenge in front of you, you, knew, you know that, oh, okay, there is, a, there is a hurdle. You know how to lift up your leg and you know how to walk across. You won't trip over it anymore. So the next time a hurdle is there, you know what to do. Similarly with this king, he knew the battle was so great, he knew that he's going to need all the fortified and all the, his, his, his uh, ammunition and everybody has to be prepared. But so strange, the instruction was you do not have to go into battle because the battle does not belong to you, it belongs to the Lord. If Jehoshaphat wanted his way and perhaps thought in his rational mind to say that no, 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 cannot be, cannot be, you know, this, is, this can't be the instruction from the Lord. Because I know how to fight this battle. I know how. I know we, we form a V-shape and then we come here from, and come from this side and come from the east and from the west and let's, let's ambush them and let's kill them. If he were to start strategizing the way he had always done things, he would not have seen the miracle that God wanted him to see. 
he would not have seen the miracle that the entire tribe of Judah needed to see of how God can deliver them without them lifting a sword. Perhaps this was a God's way of saying, you know what, you are a vast army, you are great, you are talented, you are skillful. But you know what? I'm the Lord your God. That even without you lifting a sword, I'm able to help you to overcome your enemies. Perhaps some of you have got all your ideas and plans of how to solve and resolve your issues, which is, which is absolutely fine. The Lord has given us wisdom to make decisions and do planning as well. But there will be times when the Lord your God will say to you, do it a certain way, the way that I have called you to do it. It requires obedience, a sacrifice of praise. Romans 12 verse 1 says, I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. To present your bodies as a living sacrifice. What does that mean? Sacrifice in the Greek word is tushia. It comes from the root word tuo, a verb meaning to kill or to slaughter for a purpose. To kill or to slaughter for a purpose. So what is this sacrifice of praise that we are talking about? What do you have to kill or slaughter in order to be obedient before the Lord? Do you have to kill your pride? Do you have to kill your plans? Do you have to slaughter your solutions? Do you have to give up things that means so much to you, your knowledge, you being in control of the situation? God says, let it go. Let it go. That's why it requires obedience. If you want to see God doing things in your life and having that breakthrough even before the actual breakthrough in the natural, there are things that you need to sacrifice. Your own wants. We like to put things in order. For this, for this to happen, this will have to be in order for this to happen because we plan and then the Lord comes and He speaks to us and He says no, no this way also can happen that also can happen but we cannot take it oh my goodness it's on the floor how, how? God's ways are much higher than our ways God's thoughts are not our thoughts His ways far beyond our human understanding because He sees the end right from the beginning. He is the Alpha, He is the Omega. And He requires us to have that obedience to say, yes, God, I will follow your ways. King Jehoshaphat followed the ways of the Lord. And as a result of him following the ways of the Lord, he saw a miracle take place that very next day. What is that sacrifice of praise that you need to bring unto the Lord? What is that sacrifice that you need to slaughter, that you need to kill? The pride of knowing that you are in control? 
the pride of wanting the outcome to be in a certain way. But God says, the outcome, I have a greater plan in that outcome. We don't understand why certain things happen the way they do. Why certain ones who, who may have been sick but yet they don't receive that, that complete healing. Why certain ones who have gone through grief in their lives, lost loved ones. Why our children are still wayward. But it requires us to hear from the Lord. And to have that breakthrough. Why certain ones are completely healed overnight. And we know that God is still a God of miracles. He still does that. Even today. But it requires obedience on our end. A sacrifice of praise that choose to let go. And say, God, if this is the way you want us to fight the battle, we will fight the battle. If this is the way, we're just going to go and, uh, okay, it's beyond our understanding, beyond our comprehension. I'm sure Jehoshaphat in his mind is like beyond my understanding because I have mighty men here who are ready to fight. His, his captains of the war who all be like, what's going on? Are you sure? Are we just going to do this? We're just going to stand? We're going to march down? And then what? God, this is, please give me great faith to believe in your word. But it requires obedience. Sometimes he calls the 5,000. Choose 5,000 men and fight. Choose 500 men. Choose 10,000 men and fight. Sometimes it means marching around the wall 13 times. And sometimes it means just stand your ground. Stand your ground. And you see the deliverance of the Lord. Wow. I don't know what circumstance each and every one of us may be going through, but there are things that we will need. We need to sacrifice. Give up certain things. Perhaps it is a relationship that is not of the Lord and the Lord will say to give it up. Perhaps it is a job that could be so high paying, but yet it is destroying your character. And taking your time away from your family. Perhaps the medical report says everything that is negative about the child that is in your womb, but yet the Lord gives you that peace that defies understanding and defies His ways. That defies, sorry, human ways. It requires sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise, of killing what we know of killing our plans, killing our desires and allowing the Lord to do what He needs to do and the outcome that needs to come out is in His time, in His ways. Amen? Amen. And what else is required? for the fight before a fight and that is it requires a breakthrough in our worship breakthrough in our spirit a prophetic and powerful worship
Oh, this is the exciting part. Verse 18 and verse 19 says this. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites and the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord of the God of Israel with a very loud voice. In fact, the Message Bible says they praised the Lord on top of their lungs. On top of their lungs. How many, when was the last time you shouted and praised God on top of your lungs? Okay. Can't remember, right? Because this was a breakthrough in their spirit. There was a breakthrough that they had in their hearts, in their spirit. When they did what they did, had they seen the victory yet? The natural victory yet? Had they seen the natural victory yet? No, they hadn't. Because the next day they were going to war. They have not seen that the Lord has slain. They have not seen that the Lord has, has ambushed the people. They have not seen the deliverance of the Lord yet. But yet there was such a breakthrough in their spirit. They stood up and they praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Because there was a breakthrough already in their spirit, knowing that God will say, will do what He says He will do. God will do what He says He will do. The promises of God over your life, He says He will do it, He will do it. Just not according to your ways. Just not according to how you want the outcome to be. He's promised you a life and then a life that is abundant. But just not how you thought it would end. So friends, it requires us to have that breakthrough in our spirit. Even before you see it in the natural, something happens in the supernatural. Even before you see that project come to pass and you're so stressed over it and that assurance of the Lord is upon you, you know that you know that you know God's going to see you through. Even before that agreement is signed, that contract is signed, and you're so afraid, you're not sure what, what's going to happen but you have that assurance in your spirit that God, the, Lord, the Lord will say to you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. I'm with you. As you step out into this new season, I am with you. As you step out of the boat, I am with you. You don't know what's going to happen, but yet I am with you. You don't see that deliverance, you don't see all these, the people who are slain, who are broken, who are, who are dead around you. That war that is won. But the victory is already yours in your spirit. And that's what's needed in our lives. Remember some years ago, I've had some situations also in my life and, and, and I remember singing songs, you know, singing songs like, you know the song Hosanna? And then it goes, heal my heart and make it clean. Open up my eyes to the things. I never understood what that, what that bridge meant. Why did heal my heart and make it clean? What does it mean? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense at that point of time. In fact, when they, the song first came out many years ago, I always questioned that line. I said, what does it mean? Heal my heart and make it clean. But okay, la, it's a nice song, so we sing. La. And I remember just two, three years ago, it was at a missions convention right here and I led worship with that song. And I remember the Spirit of God just coming upon me. Because at that point of time, I knew all the things that I, I have come around to know all the things that has happened you know has really defiled my heart defiled my spirit and I said God you need to heal my heart and make it clean now I understand what this song means the circumstance did not change the circumstance the natural circumstance did not change the breakthrough did not happen yet but I had a breakthrough in my spirit 
I understood that God needed to do that healing in my heart, in my spirit. I needed the Lord to minister unto me even through that season of my life. So for you, even as you go through the circumstances, you may not see the change naturally in, in the spirit. That healing, you may not see it instantaneously. That breakthrough, you may not see it instantaneously in the spirit. I mean, in the natural, but in the spirit, you know that there is that quiet confidence within you. And that breakthrough in your worship and that crying out to the Lord said, Yes, God. Yes, God. You are with me. You are for me. You are not against me. And you are going to go through this season of my life with me. I know I've shared this testimony about me losing my hair some years ago. Many of you have heard the testimony of how after I gave birth to my son, um, just a, two or three days, no, a couple of days after that, I started dropping hair. But I've never shown you a picture of it before to let you understand the severity of it. But I want to, to tell you this. Don't show yet, huh? Choba. Okay. Steady, huh? Steady, huh? Okay. I want to share this with you because this message is not because I'm just plucking it out from the, from the Word of God and, and that's it, throwing it out at you. I know what I'm saying and I understand what it means to have a breakthrough in your spirit. Even when in the natural, you don't see it. So what happened was, after my confinement of one month, in the third week, third or fourth week into it, I had already lost quite a big amount of hair on my head. And... I, I went to make my IC because it was still within that second month of confinement, of leave. And I wore a scarf. Do you know that you actually can wear a scarf when you go and take your IC picture? Yeah, because you know our cousins, they wear telekong, right? right? So we also can wear scarf on actually. But, but, what they don't tell you is you cannot wear white scarf because white blends into the background. So they would say, so when I went there with a white scarf, they went, ah, cik, ini tak boleh, tak boleh. Mesti tanggalkan. I went, huh? Tanggalkan? Oh, dear. So, I had no choice because I had my baby with me and my mom was with me and she also had to make her IC. So, we said, ah, yeah, okay lah, never mind lah. Whatever lah, you know. Just take the picture. And I made the IC. So, this picture was taken for my IC that I held on for for the last eight over years. I only finally changed my IC this year. Okay, but because I need to change the address. But every time I look at this picture, I'm reminded of the faithfulness of God in my life. This picture was taken three weeks after I started losing hair. And I want you to show you that first picture. The whole big bunch of hair had gone from here and there was losses at the back as well. Within the span of three weeks, three months, I had lost all my hair due to an autoimmune situation. And the doctors, when they spoke to me, they said, it could come back, it could not come back. Literally, I was bald. There was no stubbles to shave off also. It was glistening scalp. But at the end of that second month of my confinement, that was when I was really saying, God, how am I going to get back to work? 
How am I going to preach and lead worship again? How am I going to do all those things? And that was when the Lord spoke to me so clearly. As I shared before, He said, Gwen, it's not about what you can or cannot do for me. I love you for who you are. And that was when, when the Lord spoke to me, I knew that there was a breakthrough in my spirit. That's when I cried out to the Lord. I said, I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours and you are mine. And I told God this, with or without hair, with or without that complete healing, that the way that I want to have it happen, I will serve you. I didn't know the outcome of what was to be at that point of time. But I had a breakthrough in my spirit. With or without that complete healing, I will continue to honour the Lord. I will continue to serve Him. And then we can see the next picture now. And this is nine years later. This is all the glory of God and all the healing of the Lord. Did I know that this was going to happen nine years later? Okay, now you can take it down because you can focus on the beauty. The beauty is here. Okay, can take it down already. Change, change slide, change slide. Ah, okay, okay, thanks. <laughs> it's not about seeing it in the natural because once you perceive it in your spirit, you know that you know that you know that all that you're going through is not God's punishment over you. He's for you, He's not against you. He doesn't say that you will not have challenges in your life. The tribe of Judah was a tribe and Jehoshaphat was a, a, a king that honoured the Lord. But yet he had to face this vast army. He had to go through that challenge. But when you have that breakthrough in your spirit, when you know in quiet confidence that no matter what will happen in the future, God, God's got your back. God's watching over you. He will see you through your seasons. He will see you through everything that you need to go through. He will be your all in all. He will be that victory that is beyond your understanding. People will see the peace in you and don't understand why you still don't have that victory yet, but why are you so peaceful? Because there is a breakthrough already happened that has already taken place in your spirit. That victory that has already been won. Amen? Let's stand to our feet even as we worship the Lord.